Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 19th chapter, verses 16 through 22. But before we read, let us pray. God, as we prepare to hear your word, may all that is within us fall away so that we would hear only that is from you. Give us eyes to see, God, ears to listen, and hearts to respond that we, upon hearing your word, would go and bring about your kingdom in some small way in this world. Amen. Then someone came to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. The man said to Jesus, which ones? And Jesus said, well, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. Also, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, I have kept all of these. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you wish to be perfect, go, sell your possessions, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come, follow me. When the young man heard this word, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. If, if you were to ask me how I should know to be careful with my words, I could probably tell you about the time when I unfairly told my friend Alexander that he was terrible to the people in his life. Maybe you wonder how I learned to heed warning lights that I would see on various things. I would say about my friend Eric, who he ignored the oil light in his car a few days too long. If you ask me how I know to be careful with knives, I could tell you about the scar I got in fifth grade when I just wasn't really paying enough attention. Ask me about the importance of serving others. Lots of stories I could tell you, but today I'll say a word about Kennedy Crum, who went to the Dominican Republic every single one of her spring breaks in high school. She was changed and she inspired change during those trips. If you want to know about the importance of listening to victims, I would tell you the story of my older brother who endured years of abuse at the hands of trusted family. We, all of us, carry histories. These histories that are stories not just of what has happened to us or around us, 
but stories that have created us, stories that sustain us. And I'm more and more aware of how much we are constantly surrounded by stories, how much we swim in narrative. This weekend, for example, tomorrow, it it comes with its own stories. There's the story of how Memorial Day came to be, right? That it was a national holiday observed as early as 1865 after the Civil War. It went through several iterations, even several different names before it was official in 1971 with the timing and the name that we now know. Beyond just a history lesson, Memorial Day points to the meaningful stories of those who have died serving in the U.S. military. Those are stories worth sharing. It's even, if you wanted to, it's even stories of how we choose to spend our time tomorrow. The stories of who we will spend time with, what we will pay attention to. Stories, of course, exist even in this moment. In this very moment, there's a sense in which we are engaging in storytelling. A preacher has a certain responsibility to tell stories, the stories of Scripture, to offer from the preacher's perspective and hopefully in concert with the Holy Spirit just what these stories could mean, not just to some other people in a different place in a different time, but what they mean to us, this people, in this day, in this time. It's a tradition, I should note, that that the preacher is not the only storyteller. That we, our tradition says that we as Christians, we are all tellers of God's story in our lives. And so I am aware as, as often as I step into this place, or as happens more frequently, as often as I step in front of the youth to speak, that I would talk responsibly I would talk responsibly about my story while I would responsibly hold space for the story of others. I'm aware of how dangerously easy it can be to assert my own story, my own experience as being the only story if I do not allow space or consider the stories of others. I don't know if you make a habit of watching TED Talks. Absolutely, you should. One that you should Google is one entitled The Danger of a Single Story, in which author and writer Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie talks about the consequences of a single narrative, how it can rob people of dignity. It can make it difficult to recognize our equal humanity in the face of one another. The reality, she says, is that there is never a single story about any place. There is never a single story about any people. There's never even a single story about any one person. And how do we create a single story, she asks. We show a people as one thing and as only one thing over and over again. And that is what they become. She goes on to say, the single story creates stereotypes, and the problem with them is not that they are untrue, but that they are incomplete. They make one story become the only 
story. And so I am trying, I am trying to make a habit of thinking not only about my stories, but of your stories. I'm trying not only to think about my stories and our stories, but also about people who are not like me, people who are not like us, people who are not from this place. And I do not succeed every time at that. But I attempt, I attempt not to restrict things to solely my own perspective. It's necessary, I think, to leave room for another person's story seen and told from their perspective. And in that, I I do want to be careful. I am not trying to imply that all stories are equal or, or that all stories are equally valid. It is true to say they are not. I am just not sure that I can always accurately assess the difference. I'm not even sure it's my privilege or my right to do it. And perhaps that that is one reason that community is so important for us. It's in community where I am reminded that I am part of something larger, that my stories aren't the only stories, that my stories are capable of affecting other people for better and to keep it real, worse. We need community, particularly a community of people with diverse points of view. That that community would listen to my stories to help me draw out what is important when I can't or won't see it. Community is also where I too, I can contribute my perspective for the sake of someone else as long as I am willing to listen to the stories. In short, in community, we can be changed by the stories that we encounter. In today's scripture, we see such an encounter. We see one between Jesus and a man whose name we don't even know. All that we know is that he's a rich young fellow. And at the end of that story, the way that it ends for us As we read, it says, When the man had heard this word, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. And what I want to pose today is this. Do you think that man told the story of his encounter later? What was his version if he told that story? What story did he tell a a week later? How might it have changed maybe a year later, ten years later? If he heard about the death of Jesus, how did that change the story he might have told? Did he put the whole thing behind him? Did he never tell anyone? It never registered maybe that it was a moment that was even worth telling others about. And that, that gives me pause. Do I realize when I've had a significant encounter with Jesus? And if I did, would I be vulnerable or confident enough to share that story with someone else? Is my relationship with my faith or my relationship with my faith community, is it worth 
telling other people about. You know, it, it, it's too much, maybe. It, it's too much to expect that we would share every Sunday's worship story with others. Uh, not every sermon's worth sharing. I'm sure every single person in this room could agree with that statement. But maybe, maybe I need to attempt more often to share my Sunday stories. Maybe, maybe I need to share more often my faith community stories with other people on other days of the week. Maybe I need to seek to listen to some of those stories myself. I, I like to think, I, I really do, I like to think that this rich young man, even if he continued to disagree with what Jesus asked of him, that he would perhaps have found meaningful or hopeful conversation in telling others about this interaction with this crazy rabbi who wanted to get rid of all of his stuff. Can you imagine the gall of such a man? Because if so, then that rich young man, he, well, first of all, he cared enough to relate the story that he, in fact, would have had a community to share it with and that that community might have possibly offered loving, even if critical, feedback for their friend. Perhaps the end of the story we read today is not the end of that guy's story. And, and I, I am sure, what, when I look at this, I am sure, positive, I have walked away from Jesus just like this man did. And I hope it's not my only story. I'm sure I've walked away from Jesus more times than I know that I have walked away from Jesus. And my only hope in that is that I might have talked about it later with someone. That I would have learned from the sharing of it. That I would have grown from the conversation about it. Because when we share significant stories, whether they are stories of joy or stories of regret, it means sharing and learning about the past in ways that risk vulnerability. Sharing stories can be a doorway into learning about the heroism and sacrifice that others have made, sometimes on our behalf. But they can also demonstrate the ways that failure and regret and missed opportunities can creep in the corners of our own history. They are things that we would rather forget or that we would wish were not as central to our lives as they just might be. But in either case, in the cases of joy and in the cases of regret, I think we are wiser for owning those stories and for telling them. Both those stories of hope and the stories of disappointment, inspiration can and should come from both. One of the, one of the valuable things that, that we do with, with the youth, we, we have youth group on, on Sunday nights uh, with high schoolers, on Wednesday nights with, with middle schoolers, uh, lots of other stuff. But on those two nights, one of the things I love is that we give students space both to learn stories of faith but then to have conversations with each other where they share and listen to each other's stories. 
One of the, the questions toward the end of this year, one of my favorite questions was, was this, what is a story from your life that is integral to who you are right now? I think that's a great question. And not just because it's good for students to talk about. I think it's a great question because we are all of us. We are all of us in our lives sharing with each other the responses to that question. And I think it is critical that we do that. It is critical for us to share and it is critical that we have people in our lives who care enough about us to listen to those stories. Brooke mentioned it in her children's time that this past year we have not been able to see each other as often as we would like. And because of that, it means we have not been able to, to share stories with one another. And I think when we don't do that, it means we don't know each other as well. We don't know each other's stories. And it means we are unable of loving one another as well as we otherwise can. In, in the weeks ahead, in, in this place, we're going to be talking about stories. We're going to be talking about stories in particular that Jesus told. And I think that's going to be good for us. And I, and I hope, I hope you walk with us, whether in person or online, I hope you walk with us as we, dis, as we discuss that. But, but more than that, make a point of paying attention to stories this summer. And not just any story will do. I encourage you to share some stories that are integral to who you are and invite at least one other person to share that same story of what's integral to them with you. Beyond that, th think about a story from the most difficult year in your life and share that with someone. Think about a story from one of the best years in your life and share that with someone. Tell a story, th this, is, this is good, T tell a story where you are not the hero. Tell a story where when you think about it, you might have in fact been the villain of that story. Not because those are stories that we should be proud of, but because when we share those stories, we have the opportunity to be humbled before them. And if you're thinking to yourself, you don't really know who you would share something like that with, email me. Email me, let's set up a time, we'll have some coffee, and we will share some stories, and we will learn about one another. That is true probably of any pastor in this congregation. You could email them and say, hey, I would just love to sit down and share some stories so that we could learn, with, learn about one another. And I know, pastors, we can be scary, right? That there's this, like, will they wear the robe to coffee? That's going to be embarrassing. Think about someone in this community, just someone that you could invite to get to know you better, that you could invite because you want to get to know them better. This place should absolutely be a community full of people who care about your story. And for you, maybe, you know, if, if, that, if that alone, the thought of any person sharing a story, if that just scares the daylights out of you, right? Find a story about a people who are not like you and listen to that story, read that story, 
learn from that story. Consider that God works in ways that are unknown to you or that you don't yet value. Because it, it makes me sad that the rich young ruler walked away in this story, and it makes me sad that that is sometimes my story too. But I am glad that I know the story. And I hope that this man shared it with those that loved him enough to hear it. I hope that he was willing to listen to their stories in return. And I hoped that all of them were changed for the telling. And if so, maybe we too can be changed. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.